Pup. One minute until showtime. Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Blog Talk Radio. The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, Our desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. Clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good morning. My name is Timothy Saunders, one of your co-hosts on this 25th edition of The Other Side of the News. 
I'm speaking to you this morning from southwest Turkey, which for many of you is situated on the other side of this shiny blue rotating globe. I'll soon be joined by co-host and producer Kintia, together with co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, who are both currently well and truly checked in to Hotel California. This show is entitled COVID Clandestiny. Have you ever wondered why some of us feel so comfortable, even confident, to continue with normal life through this COVID-19 pandemic, while others seem to be very far outside their comfort zone? Obeying and often obsessed by mask wearing, anti-social distancing, and totally embracing the fast approaching experimental vaccination. Despite none of the above actually being scientifically proven to benefit humankind. Instead, these new criteria can be found on page 18 of a Rockefeller document from 2010 entitled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. We'll uh, post that in the links. It is entirely logical to think that this dichotomy is just about information. However, is it expressly a matter of knowledge? Typically, confidence is rooted in understanding, while fear draws its power from the unknown. Clearly, there are many more factors involved. Richard C. Hoagland likes to use choice phrases from his grandmother. Well, this one comes from my grandfather. You can bring a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. So it is also a question of trust. Gaining trusted information today is becoming increasingly challenging in this proclaimed era of fake news. Different people perceive a feeling of trust according to different criteria. For some, trust comes from following the majority rule or of a selected populist alpha type in, uh, in their immediate bubble elected by how many likes or dislikes they have either been granted or bought. Yes, it is possible to buy likes. There are many companies that openly provide this service. One can purchase a few thousand or hundreds of thousands of likes for as little as a fistful of dollars. There are also companies that provide more sinister services that shadow ban or isolate selected individuals or groups at will. Of course, many more people who engage their own brain tune in to television plan, uh, programming to check on what some six media barons on the planet have deemed suitable for them to watch. Some people go the extra mile to consult with fact checkers, but forget to ask the all important question, who fact checks the fact checkers? Unfortunately, very few people make the effort to research using independent sources. And even fewer of those bother to cross-reference their findings with, well, anything. Let's just try to imagine how the average person manages to navigate the maze of mainstream half-truths and full lies. They manage to cut through the layers of previously installed sequential programming from kindergarten to university and beyond. Let's say they do not fall for a peer or uh, certain media influencers. Guys, don't forget to like and subscribe they may actually stand a chance of discerning truth from the lies. But what if all of this, while influential, is not the key mechanism at play here? What if those of us who do not fear this COVID pandemic are directly reacting to an internal wisdom? In terms of computer power, our subconscious mind is significantly more powerful than our conscious mind. 
Our subconscious runs thousands of programs and is responsible for maintaining equilibrium, health, and our immune system. It has access to colossal amounts of data inside and all around us as we take each step through life. Some say we have the ability to scan with lightning speed and precision the environments around us, which means as well as being very aware of our own COVID status, our immunity, we may also be able to differentiate those who may pose a threat. We are now entering the fascinating world of epigenetics. One of its leading doctors is Bruce Lipton, a previous guest on the other side of midnight. Epigenetics is a well-documented and accepted science that has only recently emerged from its own dawn and is, in my opinion, a scientific way of thinking that has the power to change the perception of our health, medicine and psychology, to name a few. I very much look forward to hearing our guest's perspective regarding this awakening process, all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofmidnight.com Click on the other side of the news in the drop-down menu or kindly scroll down to tonight's white The Other Side of the News show banner. There you will see details for this show, quick links to our bios, as well as links to our show items, references and selected research. As usual, there's a huge collection of information to read, watch and listen to, most of which has been hand-picked from independent sources. I do urge you to watch them sooner than later as the censorship bots are working around the clock to rewrite our history in real time. As we positively encourage our listeners to co-create a better future, you will find the call-in telephone number below tonight's banner. If you have a burning question or perhaps would like to share an important feat on the ground observation, please dial plus one if you're outside of North America, followed by 917-889-8802. You will come through to our sound engineer in the control tower, Keith Morgan, who will guide you onto our runway and then in, into the air. One gentle reminder, when you hear the show through your telephone, please switch off your radio, laptop, iPad or other listening device to avoid any unpleasant feedback. During the last week, we have once again seen many remarkable events in the news, each topic raised and its backstory could easily fill up one show by itself. We've seen Operation Moonshot launch, a very costly mass testing program in the UK. At least it's been proposed. The prime puppet says uh, this is aimed at testing people on a regular basis to show they are COVID negative. That's an interesting objective. We see more signs in the form of extreme weather legislation that uh, show we are potentially facing a challenging winter with possible food shortages. We should keep an eye on that. We also see possible link between the flu shot and COVID. And uh, judges rule that COVID lockdown unconstitutional. You can find more on all of these points in our links. Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, and activists who are wide awake and already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from the mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing, and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Sterling Hill, our guest, is such an individual. 
I look forward to her joining us very shortly. Good evening, Kintia. Good evening, Aneta. How is the room evening. service in Hotel California? <laughs> well, good evening. Good evening to all of you. I am delighted to be here. And one of the things that I wanted to share is you may remember that last week I brought up what was happening in Victoria, Australia. And it was a warning about our Second Amendment. And I'd like to revisit that for just a moment to play a short clip from Victor Altimore, who lives in Australia. Keith, would you play that for us? Before I do, let me just go back to, to Melbourne. That's what this discussion was about. Just to let sure. the listeners know what's happening here. We've got a curfew from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. You can't travel for greater than five kilometres from your home. Uh, you cannot leave the, the city. Um, you cannot leave the country. There's only two countries in the world that don't allow its citizens to travel outside the country, and that is North Korea and Cuba. Uh, one, only one person from each household can shop at the nearest uh, food store within five kilometres. We've got closed borders between the states. So there is no inter interstate travel, so you can't escape. Oh, so Oregon and California, you don't go back and forth. Uh, the the uh, curfew, what does that mean? Does that mean nobody sticks their nose out the door between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m., was it? Uh, 5 a.m. Five We've got a. police helicopters buzzing the city at the night. So nobody goes out. That's it. So You're in for the night. It. Everybody. That's it. House arrest. Drones. Correct. Drones over the city. Police helicopters waking up the citizens, flying low over the city to remind them that, you know, the, the warders oh, are watching. Noise and sleep well, yeah. deprivation. That's, no, that's absolute torture. Well, that's what they're doing. You know, work permits needed to travel. Um... We've got limits on food and medicines, depending on what you're buying. Um, uh, closed churches, uh, school closures, no gyms or personal training. Masks are mandatory. Warrantless home searches. They can just barge into your home. Uh, no weddings, no gatherings, no family visits. Limit of ten at a funeral. Military patrols on the street. Removal of children if your child tests positive. Censorship across all social media. Google and Twitter and the social media have gone crazy in this town. You mention anything that you're not supposed to mention, particularly, say, about a protest, and they'll hand over your details and your IP address to the authorities, and they'll be around your home in a flash with handcuffs. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so if I'm, I'm over there and I'm on Facebook and I say there's a... Uh, Protests about lockdowns this Saturday at, uh, at the park. I'm going to be there. Hope you can all come out. Facebook yeah, over there will report you to the, the, the government, and you're going to get visited and what? Arrested? Well, correct. You've seen some of the videos yeah. on the uh, yes. page that I set up for you. Um, you know, young woman pregnant um, with in front of her children, handcuffed. Um, another uh, Another woman grabbed by the throat. Um, you've seen some of the violence. You know, when two women sitting in the park in the sunshine had gone for a little bit of exercise, got a little bit tired, as you would, you know, when you're 80s, and uh, police harassing them, grabbing phones off them. Oh, I mean, it's just, just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we you have know, to go back sense. to what you said earlier, Victor. Second Amendment. Live or die. That's it. They take the guns, and we are going to snap on the leg irons, and we're done.
And that was Jeff Renz interviewing Victor Altimore. And, you know, they don't have a high death toll. This is what's coming here if we don't wake up. And where America goes, the world will go. So we really need to pay attention and not just simply acquiesce. You know, I think about how in Europe, in Germany, a million and a half people protesting because they know what it looked like when the Nazis went through there. And our public is asleep. They're asleep. So so I can't stress this enough. I do see good things coming. I see more people sharing information. And we just need to continue and be as active as we can and not uh, be silent. This is not a time for silence. This is a time to stand up for our rights. So I'm really stressed that strongly. I, I can't say it enough. And uh, that's what I want to say, other than I do see light at the tunnel, end of the tunnel. I definitely see light at the end of the tunnel. The responses we get to the show and uh, on Facebook and through the emails are very encouraging. So thank you all. So, Annetta, have you got an update you want to share? I sure do. I have several things. Um, so Hotel California, well, it's about the same as last week's service. Not that great. Um, we're still dealing with a lockdown here. Um, we take the record. We were the first state, unfortunately, to go into lockdown on March 19th. And tomorrow is March 19th, which takes us to a six-month mark, unfortunately. And there's lockdowns within lockdowns. So if you are unfortunate enough, which both Kinthea and myself are, unfortunate enough to live in certain counties that have particularly uh, draconian measures against their citizens, uh, then you get, in addition to the state um, stuff, you get the, the county. So this, this is not pleasant. Um, I grit my teeth every time I go out. I, I saw someone walking down the sidewalk today, young woman, maybe, maybe early 20s, had a mask on, was very, you know, you could tell was, was fearful. An older woman um, started to come down the sidewalk, which I didn't notice until I, because she was kind of out of my uh, frame of view. But she started to walk down the sidewalk uh, towards this, this younger woman. The younger woman all of a sudden really, literally speeds up, runs, and jumps off into the neighbor's sidewalk, like jumps sideways, literally, like as in a high jump, goes about, you know, five feet back from the sidewalk. So the older woman could pass. The older woman was uh, not wearing a mask. She's very, very rare around here, by the way. Very rare. The younger woman was clearly so fearful. She was almost, like you could see, she was literally panting. Um, so I think, you know, this, this uh, we'll get into this, but, uh, you know, I, I have to wonder what makes somebody that fearful. We can, we can make fun and say it's the television and stuff, but I wonder how much more. Um, is going on here. So that was one thing. On the other side of that coin, I opened a bank account this week in Ohio, and um, I live in California. So I did it remotely, and I had a very long conversation with the bank officer, and uh, she said, well, you know, I see people every day of the week. They come in. They come into my office. We talk about this. Is she, you know, she's the preferred banking officer. And uh, so they, they have very personal relationships with, with the people in that program. And uh, she said, I see people all the time. And she said, you know, about 90%, 90%, they come in, 
and they sit down. They say, can I just take this mask off? And she says, sure, you know, is it okay if I take my mask off also? They go, oh, yeah, it's, this, is, this is completely fill in the blank, a crock of it, or I totally don't believe this, or this is a pandemic. So in Ohio, and I don't know if I'm just not, you know, seeing it here, because out in public, there's such public shaming if you don't wear a mask here. I know, I've experienced it. And so, if, so I, I don't know if it's just that they're, a little bit more aware uh, in Ohio, or if it's because they don't have nearly as stringent of control, and they, they never did. I'm not sure on that one, but I wanted to say that's to me that was a very hopeful, promising thing that I, I felt really good about. And uh, one last thing in the beginning, and I'll come I'll come to some of my other points later in the show, but I just wanted to add in a funny thing, and I will add these links. I didn't get it yet. A friend of mine said that there was actually um, a dating site for people who don't believe in the pandemic. Um, that it's it's such a big, um, there's, there's such a divide in our culture. So I'm a single person. I'm not planning on going out and dating right now, but uh, I, if, if I was, I would be looking for someone who was aware of this. I certainly couldn't deal with the other side of it. So I find it really interesting that it's a, it's a social thing that um, that's, that's coming out of this. There's literally this uh, different world that's starting to evolve that runs, it runs in a parallel universe, but they're not having the same experience, you know? The lady walking down the sidewalk was not having the experience of the other lady coming towards her. So I just, those are a few things. Um, there's some more, there's some bigger things, but too much to talk about right this minute. So that's what I had to say for Hotel California. <laughs> Reminds me of the song Hotel California. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I remember that when I was growing up. That was a great song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd, I'd uh, like to take this opportunity to introduce my dear friend Darlene Undy that I've known for a long time. She's from Canada, and she's uh, a friend of Ted Koontz, who was one of our previous guests in the vaccine protests, and they've been having some protests, and so she's here to give us an update. Darlene, are you with us? Unmute. I am. Can you hear me? Yes, welcome. Uh, Darlene has a video on the uh, show page, which, by the way, the the uh, show page, you can reach it by going to the other side of midnight.com. And it's called COVID Clan Destiny. And you can click on fast links because there are so many things on this page that your fastest way to navigate through the page is to use the fast links to go to any section you prefer. So, Darlene, welcome. Yes. So th thank you for the honor and privilege to uh, speak with all you highly uh, heart-centered, well-intentioned, open and awake beings. And uh, I am connecting with you from West Bank, British Columbia, and it is very smoky here. The air quality is unbelievably bad. So I'm thinking if they don't get us with the COVID, they're probably trying to take us out with the air quality. So. Uh, what I wanted to do was share with you a couple of events and some updates that are happening in Canada. Uh, I've had the privilege to emcee um, an event. So on Saturday, August 29th, 2020, a group of courageous, mindful, conscious beings gathered at Bertram Regional Park in Kelowna, British Columbia, and we called the event the Grand Solution. 
We gathered an assembly to let the BC Parks, BC Health and the BC Law Enforcement know that the orders of Bonnie Henry uh, did not overwrite the Constitution and Charter of Bill of Rights. And so what I wanted to share with you was Section 52, Subsection 1, the Constitution of Canada is the supreme law of Canada and any law that is inconsistent with the provisions of the Constitution is to the extent of the inconsistency of no force or effect. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law, guarantee of rights and freedoms. Everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. One, freedom of conscience and religion. Two, freedom of thought, belief and opinion and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. Three, freedom of peaceful assembly and freedom of association. And that day we set a precedent as we stood for our rights and freedoms and had approximately 200 people, even though every unbelievable obstacle had been placed before us. And so our goal that day was to create a circle of love and protection, uh, continue to have people gather in rallies, find leaders in community and places for people to find sanctuary. And uh, we encouraged hugs, no social distancing, no masks, and we listened to four powerful speakers. And I wanted to share those speakers with you because they were absolutely incredible. Uh, one of the speakers was David Lindsay, who represents CLEAR, the Common Law Education and Rights Initiative Group. He spoke on COVID-19, about critical thinking, the false government statistics and what they're not telling us, what questions to ask on COVID deaths, the masks and testing, mainstream media. Um, that they refused to let us know what's happening. We had Gary Fong, uh, who spoke about 5G in Kelowna, is being used for the pilot project for 5G technology. We consider ourselves the second Wuhan. Um, the implications for doing so, information on how 5G operates and why, we are, why it is such a danger. Uh, Donna Roth spoke on the germ theory dogma dismantled by the laws of nature. She has 35 years as a master herbalist. She's an author of Practical Solution to the Cancer Injury, founder of Taking Action for Your Health. Um, it's a two-month course, and uh, she has personally ha helped approximately 200 people with cancer and autoimmune uh, diseases. And I personally know a, a gentleman who had his second um, brain cancer surgery and is doing remarkable under her care. And, of course, we had Ted Kuntz who is the president of Vaccine Choice Canada. And I spoke with Ted Kuntz today. And um, as all of you are aware, uh, Ted Kuntz, I wanted to just give you an update of, because I didn't realize how remarkable this human being is, because he is representing Canada in such a big way. And he actually, um, on July 6th, filed legal action against uh, the government of Canada the city of, uh, city of Toronto, the mayor of Toronto, uh, chief medical officers of various municipalities in Ontario, Theresa Tam, and the Canadian Broadcast Corporation. And he personally addressed and contacted over 100 media about the press conference, and there was not one person that showed up for that press release. And so, you know what, people in Canada do not know what's happening. I think if you're going to be suing the government of Canada and Ontario, um, you should at least be made aware of. And of course, he was involved in the um, claim with New Brunswick. And unfortunately, they had a quick election there recently. 
and they got the majority vote and they now have mandatory legislation in there and they're probably going to be bringing in mandatory vaccinations so that's very heartbreaking um, but I do want to also speak to the legal representation that uh, Ted Koontz has with Vaccine Choice of Canada and that is the remarkable uh, gentleman Rocco Galati and he represents uh, Constitutional Rights Centre Incorporated and what they are doing, what Rocco Gallardo, Galati is wanting people to do is he's empowering citizens to stand up for their rights and he has put together a template that is costing uh, about $50 to purchase a statement of claim and right now he's doing that for the province of Ontario, then he's going to Quebec, then to British Columbia and this is going to give people the ability to uh, go to the goal is to start suing these people in small claims court for those people to stand down from violating our rights and freedoms in the stores and people that are making uh, are shaming us and making our lives difficult. And when I spoke with um, Ted Koontz today, one of the things he really spoke to was asking people to really disconnect um, from television and asking people to really ask themselves, where is your line? and he spoke to the sophistication of the programming that he has and he spoke about the compassion that he has for these people so it is unbelievable what's happening and then I had the amazing uh, experience of attending on Sunday September 13 2020 the Vancouver Freedom Rally and this was put on by Ryan Kalababa uh, and co-founder Tara Reeve and uh, this was a protest group, um, they coded their name called the Celebration of Freedom of Rights so that they could get this out there and these are truth seekers and uh, he was approached five weeks ago by an, another incredible woman by the name of Odessa Orlowitz who, of Liberty Talk Canada who wanted to create a mega rally because of the oppression in Australia and the rallies in Berlin and Montreal and their goal was to create outreach groups across you know Canada and one of the great things that Odessa Orlowitz has done is created a plum fund um, for legal representation that's going to be about four hundred thousand dollars but you know these are people and I spoke with Ryan the other day and he said you know he just could he wanted to do his part he's an influencer he's a Canadian patriot he wants to stand up for what's right and one of the things he spoke to uh, was the help of the Vancouver Police Department and one of the officers said we decided to dis suspend the enforcement of the public health order because the charter is above the public health order and they could have given fines but they recognize that it's a violation of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms and then you know I could speak to another lady uh, Tanya Gaw but that is another conversation uh, Kinthea but um, you know I appreciate the time that you've given me and um, so much happening in Canada Darlene you are a treasure <laughs> you are absolutely a treasure and I, I want to say to everyone here that Darlene has introduced me time and time again to the most amazing people. She's the, a magnet for um, change makers, if you will. She's a magnet for good. And thank you so much for that fantastic and thorough report. And I look forward to actually bringing you back again for some more reports. My pleasure. Well, we're almost at the bottom of the hour. Let me just say that after when we come back from break, We'll be bringing Sterling Hill on. You are listening to The Other Side of the News, co-host 
Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Cynthia. The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. side of the news can be heard here on this network on this channel on this website on this url every friday evening two hours seven to nine p.m pacific time i warn you you'll miss it at your own peril Welcome back to the other side of the news. This is Kinthea, and um, we're going to be bringing Sterling Hill on, but there was just a little uh, uh, information that Darlene wanted to include. So, Darlene, would you uh, share your information about how we can help? Yes, thank you so much. I wanted to also mention that... Uh, Odessa and Ryan are connected with a remarkable woman by the name of Tanya Gaw, who represents an organization called Action for Canada. That's Action Number Four Canada, and she has hired a lawyer um, that they're going to take the BC government to court. And she and Ted Kuntz of Vaccine Choice Canada are working closely together. Uh, so far, they have um, gathered forty thousand dollars in a week to hire a lawyer. And so there is a, a, a link that I'd like everybody to consider. It's Action for Canada, Action Number Four Canada dot com forward slash donate. And uh, so that is for. And they also want to assist and seek justice for people, um, for plaintiffs that they can represent with that. So people also who want to uh, have a case that is attention to Tanya Gaw Legal Action call to action for Canada.com. 
and also I wanted to let everyone know because again I spoke with Ryan and they're going to have a BC Mega Super Rally at the Vancouver Art Rally October uh, pardon me the Vancouver Art Gallery October 17th and 18th and um, they're also going to have Naomi of People Choice Party being a part of that. It's a collaborative effort. She's going to be speaking about No No Normal. They have possibly huge speakers of uh, Maxime uh, Bernier, who is from the People's Party of Canada, he used to serve as Cabinet Minister of the Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and the possibility of Dr. Rashid Batar. So um, this is going to be a huge event, and we want to let everybody know. So I wanted to put the word out there for Ryan, Odessa, uh, Tanya, Tara, all these amazing people that are doing such great work in British Columbia and Canada, and I honor them, and I'm here to support them, and I want to get the word out. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Well, thank you, Darlene, and send me that information, and I will post it on the page. Absolutely. So our guest, our other guest tonight is an amazing woman, Starling Hill. Uh, she was a successful businesswoman for many years. Then 16 years ago, she became very ill with clotting issues. She went from physician to physician, but her condition progressively deteriorated. She lost everything. As traditional medical thinking was failing, she reached out to the alternative medicine community and the world of epigenetics. This long, arduous journey led her deep into the science of healing. Sterling Hill is the founder of MTHFR Support, whose mission is to learn and share the knowledge of genetic polymorphism and their effect on health. Her passion is to help educate the world of the true root cause of chronic diseases and link expert health care providers with those in need. And you will find more of her bio on the page. So, Sterling, welcome. Welcome to the other side of the news. Unmute. Sterling, we can't Hello. hear you. There you are. Welcome. <laughs> Yeah, Welcome. I forgot I had the mute button on. Hi, how are you guys? Great to have you with us. You sent so much information. Um, I was like amazed at the thoroughness and the detail of it. And I, I invite you to share your perspectives with us. And Timothy and Annetta, jump in as as you are called to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, we're in a um, very sticky situation right now, and about three years back, um, me and a group of friends, Judy Mikovits, Stephanie Sanaf, Sheila Ely, Dr. Sheila Ely, who played in Vax, um, the first documentary, um, all knew what was coming in 2020. We just didn't know how they were going to do it, um, mandatory vaccines worldwide. And uh, it was called Healthy People 2020 Agenda. And I have a lot of concerns about this vaccine, what will be in it, and how it will be given regardless of someone's health. And my heart's breaking right now because the first people in America they want to vaccinate are all the people in the nursing homes. And my fear, biggest fear, is the same people who could easily die from what they're calling COVID, 
can die from this vaccine. It's heartbreaking when you know your loved ones are in one of these care facilities and you can't stop them. No, you can't. And I have, I I see so many of my friends on social media, especially um, the ones that live in New York. One of my followers has a 102-year-old grandmother, and she's significantly deteriorated since the lockdown in the nursing home she's in. And she found out a couple weeks ago the only way she'll be able to physically see her besides outside her window at the nursing home is after she gets this vaccine and she knows what this vaccine will do to her um, very ill 102-year-old grandmother. But um, we hear stories like that all the time. This is so illegal. It's, you know, they've held these seniors up in nursing homes um, for hostage and ransom. Well, let's give them this vaccine that's never been studied, never, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to people. Uh, and let's give it to the most immunocompromised, and those are the people who cannot handle all the excipients and the adjuvants and other contaminants in the vaccine, plus this new RNA signature they're going to throw in it that's never been done before um, to, a po- to a worldwide population. So, um, not only are they going after the the uh, seniors, but it seems like they're also going after our children in the schools. Yeah, and that's what we learned in Healthy People 2020 agenda that they would come for the children and and our seniors first, and then get everybody in the middle. And I'm sure you're going to lead us as to what we might do about this. Um, Yeah, um, the best thing people could do right now is just say no. Just say no. I'm very concerned about the vaccine itself because, for example, the Moderna vaccine, the same Moderna scientists, several years back, um, did a particular corona vaccine, and, you know, the outcome was not good. They did it on ferrets. They did it on monkeys. And many had hemorrhages in the heart, and the other ones had cytokine storms, and their um, their lymphocytes just dropped down to zero, like they couldn't even fight anything anymore. Um, and they all died. So, you know, there's there's reasons that we do not um, vaccinate for many RNA viruses, such as HIV and now corona. Um, these particular type of viruses, uh, usually when you vaccinate for them, then they get exposed. They actually, instead of responding positively from it and producing antibodies, they go into cytokine storms and die. Uh, Sterling, this this is very worried about this vaccine. Sterling, this is Anetta. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I'd like you to go a little bit in for our listeners' um, edification on what a cytokine storm is so that they understand that. Could you, could you explain that? 
Okay. All right. Uh, I'll give you, um, um, let's see, how, how can I put it? All right. So we have these genes in our body. And, for instance, we have a gene called tumor necrosis factor. And then we have human leukocyte antigen genes. And usually these genes are not epigenetically expressing. They're, they're staying dormant and stuff. But when you come in with cert, certain things into the body and the body recognizes it as a foreign invader, then these genes will turn on tumor necrosis factor and human leukocyte antigen genes. And when they do, they're fighting so hard to get this out of you, they, they create massive amounts of inflammation. And this is what a cytokine storm is, and you'll have brain swelling, lung swelling, heart swelling, and actually die from the immune response to the foreign invader. So, so um, it, that's kind of more or less what a cytokine storm does. Okay, so it, this is very, very similar, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to what we were re reportedly seeing in the people that were in hospitals where their lungs were super inflamed, they're rupturing their, the, um, their sacs yeah. in their lungs, and then they're drowning from the fluid. And a part of that, you can say, well, uh, I have, it's been my understanding that it was, it was a cytokine storm but it also had to do with they were putting them on respirators, and the World Health Organization put out a new uh, protocol for respirators uh, for this particular thing, an un untested, unknown, just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, this really, really aggressive respiratory therapy, which killed everyone that had it. I mean, it just did them in. So, I mean, I, to me, it looked like a giant snuff movie, especially the people that were, there was, a, I can't remember her name, there was a nurse, we had a, we had her links on the page, that did undercover uh, filming of these in the New York hospitals, and uh, that there was, uh, that's what they were doing. So, so really, they're, they're, if we, if you didn't get it from the first round of this virus, which was pretty unsuccessful now, basically what they're going to inject you with is a, is a much more virulent version of something, which is an RNA, which is very similar to what we're seeing as what they've let go as a biological warfare um, virus. Is this, am I correct or am I way off on that? Well, you're correct. Um, yeah, and talking about biological warfare, um, one of the things that they're going to put in the vaccine is RNA-1273. That's basically that foreign piece of man-made RNA they're going to put in you that is going to permanently alter your DNA. And we do not know what's going to happen here. And um, this is biological warfare in itself. Actually, um, our head of the NSA back in 2016, James Clapper, considered this type of RNA technology a weapon of mass destruction. So what has made them change their mind from four years ago to now? Because they considered this technology a weapon of mass destruction. So the vaccine itself is biological warfare, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't know that they changed their mind. I mean, I think that they, the, the ones with the agenda, probably never um, 
they don't care whether it's a biological weapon or not. In fact, all the better. There's an, another agenda going on. We've discussed it many times on the show, but uh, we have, um, you know, we, we have a situation here where we have doctors being muzzled, being censored, scientists. I mean, you know, the, the television is, you know, supposedly reporting the news. Well, and they're supposedly reporting science. Now, I, I just had this uh, experience in, um, I would say my family, but I'm not going to claim my family because she's a unrelated bloodwise stepsister that I sent out an email about uh, some really wonderful things, which I'll get to about the, the constitutional things that are happening in this country as far as what's happening in the courts and saving our rights, which ultimately, um, with the way our Constitution is here, if we can continue to enforce it, they cannot mandate uh, vaccines. But that's another whole thing. That's probably next week's show, by the way, just for, uh, you know, we're, we're, that's what we're going to be focused on next week. But but the point is, is that... Um, so those those you know those people really they don't they don't care they're trying to force the agenda and um, you know the the agenda is actually not I mean let's let's be blunt the agenda isn't about making us healthy or creating a better system for us it's actually about you know snuffing a lot of people off so um, I mean maybe I'm being too too blunt so anyway but I write I, I write this email and I kind of circling around here. Um, I write this email. I send it out to a whole bunch of people, get really positive response except for one person, my stepsister. My stepsister writes me a really nasty email and tells me that she doesn't want me to ever send another email. By the way, this is the only one I sent one. Uh, and she doesn't want to have me send any more politi you know, political stuff that she doesn't agree with my political stance. And I'm sitting here with my mouth dro jaw dropped open because I'm rereading this going, was there anything political in there? I mean, we're talking about uh, the, the constitutional rights, and we're talking about the science of why these cases are being brought forward to actually have a chance to have the science brought forward in court. Because what we have going on is we have a television, a media, that's censoring everything, social media, all kinds of media, and then we have television uh, going on and on uh, giving false data of course, we have these organizations giving false data. So, but no one's, well, not no one. I mean, there's people on this show and you and myself and some uh, listeners, I'm sure, they're actually looking at the real scientific data saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. This isn't the truth. So I guess, I guess I'm taking the long way around and going, well, you know, how can we, um, how can we sort this out? Uh, besides actually being able to read scientific studies, which, by the way, anybody can do. You can go to PubMed and, and look up any study you'd like. Uh, it's free. It's accessible. Uh, but no one does it. Um, hardly anyone does it. Anyway, um, so I really want to get to, the, to this thing. I, I'm just dying to know what you think on this, and that is uh, with the, uh, the DNA and, and our genetics. I mean, I know Timothy is – Timothy, please, please pipe in here – um, you know, is there something going on with us that does make some of us really question this narrative and feel confident that we have the, the right data? I mean, do you think there's something else happening? Because I know with this RNA, I feel like they're trying to program us. Maybe I'm paranoid, but I feel like they're trying to shift us and get us all to cooperate and become very you know, Stepford wife kind of thing going on here. 
Is this something you feel has happened? Yes, I definitely feel that. Um, I, I would never want a piece, any nanotechnology thrown in me with this RNA-1273 and what they could possibly do with it because we we don't know quite what they can do do with this particular one because this has never been used before. Um, but, you know, uh, just with cancer, sometimes cancer treatment, they use this RNA. They're different. It's similar, but they sort of tumors with RNA technology where they can take nanotech in and foreign uh, RNA, and they can attack and kill tumors, mm -hmm. um, which is a good thing. But here, why are they doing this to everybody? What are they going in to do and control? That's mm -hmm my big question because that's exactly what this type of technology can do it can go in and control certain things so it um it, it is quite frightening um and i know that they have been intensely studying the furin gene and how they can um disable the furin gene to be able to um, make people resistant to H1N1, um, anthrax, coronaviruses, and things like that. But we don't know the long outcome of this um, type of technology. So it, it, it's quite frightening. And like we know with science, where one thing in science can be used for good and it can be used for evil. And I do not want the government be able to put something in me and tell me how they're going to control me and alter my DNA. That's, this is my body. It's my human right to keep my body to myself. The government does not own my body. Right. But they think they do. <laughs> Actually, well, yes, technically, they, they, technically they, do. they do, unless you unless you claim it. But that's a, that's a show for next week. But uh, the thing about it is, is that we've got this, you know, they, they're wanting to, to do all this, this technology. And, you know, we have documentation. They've actually known how to do a lot of this since the 1950s. They've had seven years, 70 years, sorry, 70 years to perfect this. So it gets down to the point. It's like, well, we knew back then that they had the ability to specify things. So everybody of a certain race, everybody with blue eyes, everybody with whatever you want to pick, anything. You could break it down, which begs the question when they're taking these, you know, highly inaccurate, admittedly they is inaccurate testing for a virus that's never been isolated, and that it turns out that they're looking for chromosome 8. And we discussed, I think it was two shows ago, but, you know, as they're taking these samples of this DNA as they get your supposed test for your um for coronavirus or for COVID, which they don't even have isolated, so it can't be for that. It has to be for corona, which is the common cold. So, but they're really collecting this this chromosome eight, and it makes me wonder. It's like, what are they trying to do with that? And and is it possible that they're implanting anything else when they take this? Is it because there's this idea? I mean, they said that a lot of the swabs were contaminated. Contaminated with what? What are what's going on with that? Do you think? Because that chromosome eight's important. I mean, that's the one that that's basically the one that controls whether you're, uh, you know, 
you mentally have a strong uh, intellect or you don't. Um, so do you have any thoughts on that idea? Also, also on chromosome 8, we have VMAT1, also um, known as SLT18A1, I believe, um, which is a transporter gene. And we found out years ago that the CIA was studying VMAT genes, VMAT1, VMAT2 is on chromosome 10, but VMAT1 is on chromosome 8, and they call this the God gene. And how this gene works is it, it, it's a serotonin transporter, and it transports serotonin to your pineal gland. And that's oh. where your pineal gland then converts it into melatonin, the hormone mel melatonin. And when this happens, this keeps you, this keeps you in touch with God, your creator. Okay, it, it keeps you in touch with the universe, the heavens. And we found out years ago, for instance, people like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, serial killers, they're um, serotonin transporters, VMAT1, VMAT2, weren't working well, and um, it made them sociopaths. Now, you get, um, and this is what concerns me, with technology like this, because they can just go in um, with hydroxyl graphene and things like mRNA1273, and can they start manipulating this? Because we found out years ago the CIA wanted to see if they could turn off that God gene. This is quite frightening because then you would have a world of sociopaths that were good little robots and obeyed their orders, went home, and some of them probably may turn into Jeffrey Dahmer's or Ted Bundy's. So the, these are the things that really concern me. Now, this is just theory for me, but I, I'm putting a lot of things together, like, you know, when the CIA years ago came out and said, said they were interested in this gene, and now the hydroxyl graphene, for instance, that Moderna wants to use in the vaccine, that's the nanotechnology from um, that I know that the Department of Defense has been involved in. And why are they putting this stuff in us all of a sudden? This is quite concerning, and when we talk about chromosome A and the God gene, for example, you know, if you're not in touch with your spirituality and, and the heavens, that's quite concerning for me, as where we end up with a large group of sociopaths worldwide. That's certainly a strong possibility, and it also, you know, brings up, of course, the idea that there's been a lot of attacking of that for decades and decades. I think since the 1950s, or was it mid-40s? I can't remember. You probably know when they started putting the fluoride in the water, and that you know calcifies the uh, pineal gland and makes that kind of uh, thought. And it's also it's yeah, not, not just the not just the connection to God, but it's also creativity. It's also the ability to 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 mm -hmm. have cognitive. Um, you know, well, uh, you know, critical thinking comes from there too. So, so what do you, what are your feelings there? Fluoride, yeah, this is really important. What people don't realize there's more than fluoride that calcifies the pineal gland, right? 
fluoride, in essence, does does calcify the pineal gland, but it does it through a process. Okay, fluoride is an antibiotic. That's why they made fluoroquinolones such as Cipro and Levaquin. And that antibiotic, what it does is it'll start eating that gut bacteria because um, this gut bacteria has to get rid of the fluoride and then it, you run out of this certain gut bacteria. There's oxalobacter formin genes and that one is very, very hard to um, replace. It's found in tra trace amounts on organic apple peels in an organic cabbage. Um, that one's a lot harder to replace. Then it can eat up lactobacillus and also different bacteria that are also responsible for breaking down oxalate. So once you get all this fluoride in your body or things like fluoroquinolones as classic antibiotics, what can happen is you run out of these good gut bugs that are used to transport oxalate out of the body. And this oxalate is calcium oxalate crystal. So then when the transporters can't get it out the body, the transporters will say, well, let me go drop it off in these damaged tissues and organs. Well, one of the places it deposits is the pineal gland. Now, another place it deposits is in the gallbladder, the kidneys, the kidneys. They call those calcium oxalate kidney stones, calcium oxalate gallstones. Then we see atherosclerosis, damaged vessels and arteries. And once the transporters can't get it out, it's laying it on damaged vessels and arteries. We call that atherosclerosis. So that's kind of how fluoride works. It eats up some, some beneficial gut bacteria that are needed to get and remove this calcium oxalate crystal out of the body and when it can't the transporters will just start dropping off in places you are damaged. Sterling, I apologize. It's time to go to the break. We'll, we'll bring you back just after break. Thank you. Side of midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com.
Good evening. Welcome back to the other side of the news. And we're having a pretty interesting conversation with Sterling uh, Hill. And she's our guest this evening. We're talking about a number of things, uh, what's in vaccines, what's in our water, how it's affecting our minds, how it's affecting our bodies, what plans they have with us. Pretty nefarious. Um, so anyway, we're, we're going to continue on with that conversation. And I'm hoping that Timothy and Cynthia can jump right in here. So, um, so uh, Sterling, can can we kind of go? Uh, we were talking about the other the the, the effect of fluoride, and um, so do you do you see any of this um, in that you've you've observed the plans? Do you see any other parts of this showing up in your like? Are you recognizing other parts of this plan that you had looked at? So other parts of the plan, you mean um, what the agenda is? Correct. That they're doing? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just, it, it, it looks so obviously planned. Uh, they, you know, put out this virus and locked so many people down, and the people who are actually dying from this virus would be the people who die from the flu, but we don't lock down for the flu. And, you know, just so many different things are happening because of this. It, it was like it was so well orchestrated by them, whoever they are, the elite maybe, or some people call it the cabal or the Illuminati. And, yeah. the, you know, the money thing's another big one. Um, we're not short on coins. Um, I met a few people who work at banks, and they're like, no, you know, we're not short on coins, but, you know, they're, they're not allowed to give coins out like they used to. And there we go. Let's get rid of paper money because that's the next thing they're probably going to say when they start going into the digital system instead of the paper money system is that, hey, now there's germs all over this money. And then that brings you to the next agenda is, I, if they want all your money digitized, uh, they're going to know exactly what you buy and stuff. What I do with my money is my business. Um, I don't feel like somebody needs to have a list of what I buy regularly and um, or, or build algorithms because I've decided to buy about five different products in one week that could possibly be made to use some be used to make something dangerous and then a bunch of um, ATF or whatever at my door and it actually was because I was actually needing those items and it wasn't for anything nefarious or dangerous and this is kind of the other thing that I feel that they're going to use with this we see that right now they're coming out with the we've run out of change on all the store windows and stuff you know have exact change uh, we will not be able to give you change, and that concerns me as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we know in uh, China what's been going on with the social credit. So the thing about having, um, you know, and this, and this vaccine, by the way, is, you know, they, they have the mm -hmm. Luciferian in it and stuff to mark you, and that can also be used as your wallet. So you have your wallet. Well, you never have to worry about leaving your wallet at home. You will have it with you on body because it's part of your body and that when something that's 
controlled like that, uh, they can shut that on and off at will. So you don't do the you don't do what they want you to do. That you speak out, you do something differently. They cut it. They can cut you off, and you could literally, you know, not be able to buy food because you're, you're, you know, you didn't you didn't do what they wanted. And that's just, you know, that's uh, the way too much control. I mean, I think there's too much control right now. That God forbid. So uh, anyway, and so Timothy. Yeah, may yeah. I jump in a little? Sure. Uh, Sterling, one of the hottest questions I have at the moment is how is it that this agenda and all these data points seem so incredibly clear to us, a, a group of people, uh, and yet so lost in the clouds to, to many others? What is your take on that? How is it that some people just don't join the dots? Yeah, that that is um, been um, one of my biggest questions. Is um, some days I I just start to I, I just break down and I go sit in my backyard under a tree and try to meditate because I get so flustered, especially with the people around me, um, like my own family. Uh, they they don't see what's going on. They don't see their rights being ripped away. And then there's us. And we see everything that's going on, and it—you know—I think these people are, first of all, they're fluoridated. Their pineal gland is calcified. Um, secondly, they—they—they um, they, they just—they've allowed all this programming um, into their lives, and as long as it's not really going to hurt them, they don't really care about everybody else. So. I think um, a lot of these people are very, very selfish, uh, but those will be the first people crying when everything starts getting taken away or um, one of the children unfortunately died from a vaccine, then they wake up. Um, my journey um, of waking up was because I became chronically ill. I was on hospice about 10 years ago. so. Uh, it, it took something huge to wake me up. I wasn't always awake. And a lot of these people, I think they're in their comfort zones too. If they don't, if they ignore what's going on, it doesn't, it isn't going to hurt them and it's never going to come and impact them. But they're sorely mistaken because right now, um, the way the world's going, if we do not stop what's happening, um, there's going to be mass control, and that's when the people who aren't awake will start to wake up. But unfortunately, it may be too late. Mm, that would be very un unfortunate. But there are lots of sort of um, metaphors we can use. I was just trying to remember the name of that sort of child's game. My, my kids had it. It's, it's like a box full of building wooden wooden building blocks and you, you you tower them up and then sequentially you start to take out one piece of wood one wooden block and then whoever you know takes the the, the one out that's uh, Yenka or Jenka I don't know how you pronounce that either way, either yeah, way Jenga. But Jenga there we go yeah. yeah exactly thank you for that Jenga. so I see it very much like when we're bringing or trying to share our awareness with people who 
are not terribly interested at the moment. These people who are not terribly interested are usually wearing a mask and sort of being quite officious, saying that we should wear masks and we should stand back and, you know, can't wait till the vaccination comes because then we can get on with our normal life again. And this, this mentality to me is just insane. However, it seems to be, you know, quite a few people on the planet still like who are still thinking this way. But if you go back to the, the metaphor, like, like, uh, Jenka, the, in my opinion, my theory is that these people, their life is, is like the tower they built. And, you know, while they are all sitting on, on, you know, the same sort of foundations as everybody else, they're not really concerned or, or focused on the foundations. They're more concerned on how high they can make the tower, how much, how many more blocks they can put on top. And that may come in the form of ego or material things or, or promotion at work or, you know, an investment fund or something they've been looking for. It's like, like our life is so we're programmed full of these sort of cycles that, you know, entertain us and distract us for sort of certain periods of time. And when, they sequentially sort of interact with each other like gears in, in a machine, then it's very easy for people to take their eye off the whole life plan or the whole, you know, the big picture and only concentrate on each individual uh, goal or success or failure. Disappointment can also come into place. So I think that when we come in and say, well, actually, did you know that this agenda has been going on for decades, maybe hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years even, but certainly for decades. And here is a document printed in 2010, and here's another document, and then there's the event 201, and then there's uh, all these other different uh, data points. All of these are fundamentally pulling away blocks from the foundation of these people's towers. And so they see it as a threat. You know, we, by give, sharing the truth with them, see that as a threat to whatever little uh, ego, ecosystem, uh, you know, a goal and, and uh, you know, whether it's an investment fund or it's buying a house or having a new bathroom put in, whatever it is. So everything we do in that respect is a threat. So I don't know if I've really explained myself properly, but uh, does that sort of ring any bells with you? Yeah, it does, and um, I, I just I, I find it quite upsetting um, because I actually um, live in a home with I, I I have one side of the house and my son, daughter-in-law, and grandchildren have the other side. It's a pretty big house, and I I'm usually locked in my own little world here. But every now and then I have to go out into their world, and I um. I see it, and I see them ignore all the bad things, and um, and, and they just go on. And I, and like, uh, you know, just looking at them, and how are they so numb to what I'm seeing? Um, how can they just not see it? Uh, actually, a good friend of mine, um, she used to run hospices, but now she's a hypnotherapist and a Reiki master. And um, she, on her website, she tells people, I'm here to unhypnotize you. Um, and she works with people to try to get them to see the world for what it really is and make them aware of everything around them. And 
she basically puts it thus. We're hypnotized the minute we come out of our mother's womb. Um, we're indoctrinated, hypnotized, and it all starts. This veil, and some of us can rip open the veil and see through clear, but others choose to keep the veil on. And um, I do notice it with my family since I live with them. I can't go out and just have a intellectual conversation about these things that are really happening because they don't want to hear it. They, they will get upset. They don't want to hear it. But they choose to stay hypnotized. They choose to keep the blinders on. They choose to keep the veil over them. Well, one of the things we're talking about on the warm-ups this show uh, a few days ago, uh, Annette, was the, the fact that television programs are not only designed on some level to actually program people, hence the name, but actually the, isn't there a patent or something uh, actually, which actually dictates that the television, well, the radio tube televisions, they used to be able to have like some sort of hypnotic effect and then the newer ones they have, uh, is it something to do with the LED technology? It has to do with the, the yes, the, the oscillation of it. But there is a patent, and actually, um, Kenthea had looked that up and found it. Um, I, I, she probably can find it again, and so at yes. some point put it up on the page. <laughs> yes, she, you found it right away, didn't you? I did, and I did post it. I can move it to this page, although there are so many items on this page. Uh-huh. I think I'd rather put it in the mind control links that's at the top of our mm. the other oh. side of the news index. But, but to, to focus on the point, though, so not only is it the contents of the programs, but it is actually the experience of watching those programs that is numbing, whether it is, I don't know if it changes the mind state or if it makes you more open to suggestion. Can you, can you describe that a little bit more in, in more detail? Um, well, I know one of the best things that you can do is stay away from the television. I gave um, a, a TV a few years back, and I didn't realize how much it was controlling me. But then also I know that there are some things that you can watch, like certain sci-fi movies where they basically are desensitized trying, um, trying to get people to to be desensitized from what in little bitty pieces and fragments of what they're getting ready to do to you. And um, I, I um, know that the CIA basically owns Hollywood, right? They've already proven that. And um, all these little subliminal messages and stuff that they post, they, they put out there on television it, it, it's quite sickening. Me, myself, when I walked away from TV and every now and then I've had to go watch a news program or something, I, I walk into the side of the house where my son and daughter-in-law live and I see something on the TV and I stop and watch it for a minute. I'm mortified. And I can't believe I used to watch this stuff and fall for everything on there. There's, there, are, there is a huge agenda and TV is a way to mass control people. Yes, it does. Um, there's, you know, when I, I, I have not had a TV in my adult life, which is, you know, that's, that's been a significant amount of time at this point. 
Uh, and uh, I, I, the only time I would really run into televisions in the airports, and or in unfortunately, it's become more and more frequent in restaurants. At least when we used to be able to go into them. Um, now we can't do that either. Not, not where I am. Um, but you know, this this thing, I, I actually would have a visceral effect. My body actually reacted to the televisions in the um, the airports, and I, I didn't. You know, I knew I didn't like it. I thought I was just annoyed. But I realize now that that whole, when I think back, it was a whole effect. Like, in other words, I felt it was visceral. In other words, it was in my whole body. I did not feel well even being in the range of the television. And it's really hard, like in airports and things, to get away from it. It is, it's just everywhere. And um, so this is a very difficult thing. I think it's it's a programming thing and, and all that. But you know, there's a, I, I, I still am going to come back to this idea, is there something, we, we really haven't gotten to the bottom of this question, which is, is there really something that makes somebody like me really, you know, avoid television and know that it's not good, and other people that just suck it up like there's no tomorrow? Do you think that we come in with some uh, tendencies, some ways towards that, or... You know, is it epigenetics, or does it have anything to do? Is it just straight up programming? Uh, honestly, I think it's divine intervention. To be honest with you, that's the way I feel about it. Because um, how are um, some of us? We we can't be put to sleep, right? Once we wake up, we can't be put back to sleep. And how are some of us waking up, and others are not? I think sometimes it's a little bit of choice, but it's not always a little bit of choice. I think that there's some kind of, I, I'm more of a spiritual person, and I, I, I feel like our guides um, out there are like, hey, it's time to turn you on because you're going to be a part of making this go the right way versus the wrong way, and we need you now. And I think sometimes it's more of a spiritual thing than um, a genetic thing itself. But I do know that things like fluoride do play a role in calcifying the pineal gland. So, and that keeps us, um, that can keep us asleep itself. So maybe it's, um, that's an epigenetic factor. So maybe it's kind of a little bit of everything rolled into one of why are we waking up. But I think spiritually, I think it's divine intervention as well. Sterling, this is Kinthea, and I, I just want to underline and highlight what you just said because ultimately it comes down to our consciousness, and that's the new physics of the future yeah. is the, the, the manifestation of our expanded consciousness, our divine consciousness, or however you want to call it, folks, for yourself. But it's when you connect with your core being and you're no longer dependent on an outside source to tell you what's real and you tune into what's real inside, that's where you see spontaneous healing happening. That's where you see amazing solutions to problems come in. And I do feel like these challenges that we're facing, if I was only to look at that, I'd say, give up the farm and let me just take me out now. 
but I don't feel that way. In fact, I feel extremely hopeful because what's happening is more and more people are turning inside and they are beginning to unleash the power that's within them. We have been, you know, hypnotized in this state of sleep. Really, you know, that's why they say know yourself, know thyself. And that's where we are is that we are being forced to be, quote, in a lockdown, but we're also being forced to turn inward and know ourselves. And that's where the power is. And I think that that ultimately is what's sourcing all the protests that are going around. But we will, I think we're going to see a new human. And it's not going to be the transhuman they're hoping for. I think it's going to be a liberated human. So thank you, Sterling, for pointing that out. Oh, yes. And, you know, when you talk about healing, um, people do not realize how important meditation is. I've had people tell me, oh, it's evil. No, it's not. It's scientifically proven when you're not thinking about the past or the future and you're just in a connecting with your inner core self, you know, your higher self, uh, your guides and being in the here and now, that's that's when you can heal and repair things. You can start repairing and healing cells. And um, that then will help um, help turn off genes that shouldn't be on and turn on genes that should be on is when you're in that here and now. If you're always thinking about the past or the future and stuff, you don't give your body a break to be able to heal on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. The power of now, as Eckhart Tolle would say. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to, to just... Yeah, um, uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say in, in this whole thing about giving yourself a break, one of the things is is connecting up with your your spiritual uh, self to be able to do that. And then we get into some esoteric knowledge, which I believe the they, you know, the minority, as Timothy calls it, which is which is really appropriate because it's a very small number of people doing this to the rest of the planet. Um, the they, they have a great deal of esoteric knowledge. And one of the things that's been uh, hidden and, and on purpose is the esoteric knowledge from the masses. So what we see right now is we've got uh, we've got people sharing information, and we've had more sharing of information than ever before, at least in this civilization, uh, where we're we're sharing information. We have the internet. We have an easier way to publish books, which are kind of been eclipsed to a certain degree by the internet. But you know we're even the even the getting the old and rare books into PDF form allows people to access them that you know before there was only a few of those books and now many people can access it so what we're seeing is all of that and at the same time that that television programming that that ubiquitous television that's everywhere that thing actually I know from working with people with with their their energy fields um, and doing healing work that seventh chakra, the one that connects us to our spiritual self, our creative, uh, our creative source, uh, the, that part of us, um, which is the bigger part, that gets shut down by that television thing. And also back to the fluoride thing. So, you know, we have multiple things happening. Here we have more information and 
and, and easier access than ever before. And the forces that don't want us to have us are working harder and harder, which brings me to, and you know, maybe we can get into this, uh, we only have six minutes till break, but is the, the, the rats biting each other and jumping off the ship? Um, I, I kind of want to roll, roll around to that because what I see is a lot of, um, a lot of stuff being revealed and a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's the fake news deal, but the fake news on top of the fake news, which makes it the fake news, which is the fake news. You know, what I'm saying is, is the, what's black is white, what's white is black. It's getting harder and harder to sort it out. But I see a lot of holes, a lot of cracks, a lot of fissures showing up in, in the, the narrative that they want us to believe. And that little bit of cognitive dissidence that's occurring um, that that this illusion that we've been living under that they wanted us to believe in is starting to crack. Um, and do you see that happening? Is that your view, or is it just mine out here? You know, am I imagining most, it? Most, most definitely. Um, right now, um, when we look at things, um, the ones of us that are awake, we see the truth is a lie, up is down, left is right, inside is out. And I don't know if your parents used to say this when you were a kid, but I, I forget exactly how it goes. They, uh, my, my mom and dad would say, well, if you say a lie, then you're going to have to make up a bunch more lies and you're going to forget and you're going to screw up and then you're going to be caught in that original lie and all the other lies. And this yeah, is where you can tell the truth, right? right <laughs> Yeah, is that we they can't keep up with their lies anymore. We saw it with this virus, for example. You know, in March, Fauci's telling you not to wear a mask because it's not going to help, which it does not help. I think it I, honestly, it makes it worse. It makes it makes your health much worse. And then he backpedals and he says, "Oh, you have to wear the mask. It's really, really important." Um, and they they can't keep up with their lies. Then we see how they're um, they're jumping up on national TV and saying, "Yeah, this is getting worse because millions of people are getting COVID now." Well, it's only because, for example, in America, they've tested 65 million people out of 326 million, I believe, the population. Well, yeah, you're going to have a lot more cases if you're testing 65 million people, but the test in itself is a lie as well. Um, I had well, some um, clients that were very sick, and they said they didn't have it, but now they're showing up with antibodies of whatever this thing is because they haven't even isolated it. Well, and then and then there's the test. Then there's the test with the. Uh, um, you know that they're coming back positive where the tests were never taken, and all of that. I mean, it's just it's just yeah. nuts. It's it's completely throw all they that stuff out. They can't keep up with the lie. Yeah, yeah. So unbelievable. Um, so anyway, well, we're at sixty seconds till the break. It's it's crap up on us again. We're ready to take a break, but we'll come back afterwards, and um, we got another half hour to go. So we'll cover a lot in that half hour.
theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. Welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Sterling Hill, and we also had Darlene Undy, and we're discussing the impact of the vaccine and how they're altering it and programming from TVs and so on. The show tonight is called COVID Clandestiny. If you're looking for it, you'll find it on the other side of midnight.com. And it's one of our shows. You can find the whole list of our shows, The Other Side of the News, in the menu bar either on the right of your computer or in the top if you're on your phone. And it's a link called The Other Side of the News. So, Sterling, Annetta, Timothy, let's continue. I have a question, if I may jump in. Sterling, the, there seems to be a correlation emerging it's, it's, it's no great surprise, but a correlation emerging between the number of COVID cases and I say COVID cases, should we say actual COVID sicknesses um, and the influenza or flu, flu vaccination. Do you see any correlation between those two points at all? Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, if you look... Um at um, some of the flu vaccines that they have out there, the insert will tell you on some of these um, flu vaccines that you're at 36% greater risk of develop, getting a coronavirus from getting the vaccine. And when they're testing for this coronavirus, which one are they actually testing for? That particular one? Or is it going to um, this PCR testing that they're using is it going to show a number of other ones, and um, it, it's quite frightening because uh, we know that some of these vaccines have dog cells in them, um, canine cells, and dogs are huge carriers of coronaviruses in, that belong to in in the dog. Um, in the canine. So when they're using that um, dogs in vaccines, um, whether it be their pulverized kidney or 
um, or the blood or whatever they're using from the dogs? Yes. Okay. They carry a lot of RNA coronaviruses in them. And the reason they usually don't get sick is because they make their own vitamin C naturally where we don't. Um, every now and then they can get a little sick from the coronavirus, but they usually get over it. But their coronaviruses, their RNA viruses get in us when we get injected with this stuff. And that makes mm. us um, at higher risk of developing the coronavirus. So what other goodies are in these vaccines? I mean, again, I'm, I'm, it's a hugely general question uh, but is there anything you could sort of lock down on and say this is the type of thing that you're going to be putting in your arm if you happen to be uh, lucky yeah. enough to be one of the ones in a supermarket that says uh, yeah, come this way and we're offering you a, a low budget flu vaccine or even a free vaccine yeah. what, what actually are they going to yeah, be putting well, into people's bloodstream well, um, it, it depends on which vaccine. Um, I, I've built an excipient adjuvant database, and what um, what what excipients and adjuvants are in what vaccines, and then what DNA it can cause to epigenetically express. Um, and it's thousands of lines long, but we have things like ionic aluminum, antifreeze formaldehyde, um, aborted fetal cell tissue from babies, human babies. Then we have cow DNA, pig DNA, mouse DNA, rat DNA, um, chicken DNA. We even have bug DNA they put in us. And, for instance, when you have um, where they use pulverized mouse, mouse brain in certain vaccines, um, and when they incubate the virus in the brain of a mouse, for example, and then they use the pulverized mouse brain and then use it for vaccine manufacturing, you get shot up with that. You also get shot up with whatever that mouse has going on with them. For instance, there's a virus, um, for short, it's called XMRV. And it's a Xena retrovirus, and it's responsible for 40 cancers, including three leukemias and aggressive prostate cancer, lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, and autism. And mm. um, hundreds and millions of people, probably a few billion around the world right now, are infected with that virus. And uh, these retroviruses cause cancer. It used to be up on the CDC's website or, and also in a PubMed um, stating that all retroviruses cause cancer. And we know now that all vaccines have retroviruses in them. So that tells me all vaccines cause cancer. Um, so a lot of people that have cancer right now is because of the vaccines, we saw that with the polio and the um, lung cancer. Many people got the retrovirus from the polio vaccine and lung cancer as well. And this was part of Dr. Alter Noshner's work uh, in New Orleans with the CIA. You can kind of go um, read the book, Dr. Mary's Monkey. I know a few people that are still alive um, that actually worked 
in that area down in New Orleans. Uh, I really can't say the ones that lost their names, but um, it's uh, they've been weaponizing cancer for a long time in these vaccines. It's a win-win for the pharmaceutical companies because they're they're giving you a vaccine. Vaccine. They're telling you, oh, it's going to prevent this disease, but yet we're just shooting you up with a lot of cancer so we can make bank off of you through chemo. Mm. Well, personally speaking, as soon as I became aware how, in my opinion, harmful vaccinations are, I stopped in my tracks with myself, with my immediate family, with my kids, and uh, that's something I feel very strongly about. But I do hear that some people say that, you know, if, if for example, you know, they, they've had regular flu shots or regular vaccinations, and they probably should continue because uh, their own immune system will not be strong enough to deal with any particular uh, viruses or in any outbreaks. Is is there any merit to either of those statements? I mean, what would your advice be if, for somebody? I, who... I think I think it's highly dangerous, in my opinion, um, um, because. For example, in France, uh, when they introduced hepatitis B, um, they were keeping an eye on certain diseases, and they saw when they within two years of them introducing hepatitis B vaccine in France that um, that multiple sclerosis increased by 65 percent. Um, I think That's I would huge. rather take the risk. Yeah, and then that's why they removed hepatitis B from France. But, um, you know, that that is extremely ginormous um, and alarming, and that's just one autoimmune disease. And I, this is my body, and I'm just saying in my opinion for my body, I would much rather take the risk of catching the flu every seven to eight years on average than getting shot up with something that's going to cause a slew of autoimmune diseases in me possibly permanently. And um, it, it's quite it's quite frightening. And it, it, we've talked about this pre- previously many times, but, uh, you know, when a baby is born, you know, within minutes the baby receives its first vaccination. So, you know, it, it's kind of in our life, even though you know, clearly many of us are aware that they are totally and utterly alien to to our immune system and alien to our uh, you know, well-being, actually. So, again, I'm, I'm really curious about how to contact, uh, contact the the people that, that seem to believe the mask, the anti-social distancing, and the vaccination is all the, the greatest idea ever. Do you think there's a correlation between that group of people and, you know, perhaps they had more vaccinations or more regular vaccinations than some of us? Do you think the vaccination is part of is another sort of like a, a fluoride experiment to to? It is. Uh, That's definitely. Most definitely, um, because uh, what I study, one of the biggest pathways that I study 
in genetics is called the glyoxylate metabolic process. And Dr. Krebs not only found the Krebs cycle, which we call the um, citric acid cycle, but he also later on discovered the glyoxylate metabolic process. And all of these vaccine injured children, uh, and I've looked, I've looked at a few thousand organic acid reports on vaccine injured children, and they all have horrid high levels of oxalic acid. Their transporters are not working to remove it. So that calcium oxalate crystals, like I said, not only does it calcify the pineal gland, but it calcifies arteries and makes kidney stones, gallstones, salivary stones, goes up in tissues and joints. We know that 99.9% um, .9 of fibromyalgia is, you know, is um, calcium oxalate crystal buildup. Um, and um, it, it's, an, it, it's, it's an easy fix for the most part once you know this is going on. But in, until you learn about this pathway of what's going on, it, it could lead to your death. But that tells me that vaccines in themselves are doing what fluoride does. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, not fluoride. There's probably fluoride in the vaccines themselves as well. Um, the one contaminant that we did test for that we found in Honeycutt and Anthony Samsel, um found that uh, liposate Roundup's in there. Roundup is an antibiotic. Roundup will destroy your gut microbials, for example, that will cause this calcium oxalate crystal not to be removed from the body, and it starts calcifying the pineal gland. So fluoride is just one little thing that causes calcification of the pineal gland, but we know that the these vaccine-injured children have serious damage to their body, and they also have this glyoxylate metabolic process impaired, and that's what everybody that gets these gallstones, kidney stones, atherosclerosis, salivary stones, they all have a calcified pineal gland. Osteoporosis, osteopenia, they all have a calcified pineal gland. Mm, that's horrific. And, and also Roundup, I believe, has uh, is it DDT or something similar in, in it, which has been proven to have links with as, as being a major carcinogen. Is that correct? Well, um, um, well, the same people, the same people that made DDT, brought you Roundup, and Roundup. Um, we have a gene called PON1, and it's responsible for breaking down herbicides and pesticides, and its cofactor is calcium. And um, this calcium oxalate crystal and um, all these herbicides and pesticides will cause major breakdown in the body. Um, you can't, um, once this calcium oxalate crystal, the calcium is no longer going to the bone, and the excess is not being dispersed from the body. Um, you're not going to be able to detox any of these herbicides or pesticides like DDT or Agent Orange or whatever, the, the combo, that's another one, whatever chemical they have on our plant and our food. If you're uh, living in this hypoxaluria state, this calcified state, it could be quite dangerous. Um, 
you know, you're not removing pesticides and herbicides out your body anymore either when you see that going on, and it's quite frightening. But we do, um, I found something wonderful that um, we they actually have studies on. It's a company called Aquadu.com, and they have a product called Wata, and it's the way they structure the water that um, it, it basically is one of the best waters I've ever put in my mouth. But after four weeks, they saw that children with autism, their, um, their oxalic acid markers went down. They started reusing their, using their vitamins. They stopped wasting their vitamin C. They started utilizing their amino acids within four weeks of consuming this structured water. And it was amazing to see that. So that told me then when we saw these things going going on in the organic acid testing that they were able to release these herbicides and pesticides like Roundup. Mm-hmm. And does Fantastic. that help decalcify the, the pineal gland? Will it help with that? Of course. If you see that if you see that acid levels go go down, yes it will. Um, um, it, it's just amazing stuff. Uh, and actually, we it it gets it works on such a cellular level. It's what it is. It's a deionized water, and the fourth phase of water is the gel-like substance in your cells, and it goes off into the gaseous state. And that gaseous state is what brings the electrons to the cell, and um, then helps make ATP, um, and it helps these cells start communicating in the body, and then the cells will tell tell the DNA what to do, and then you start detoxing very easily too. So, if you will send me the link for that, I'll put it on the page so our listeners can have the benefit of being able to find it. Yeah, I will. That's okay. wonderful. I was just going to say that. Uh, Kintia, I didn't want to cut your words, but uh, I just wanted to say we're, we're coming into the, the closing uh, 15 minutes or so of the show. I, I really wondered if we could focus on something positive. So if people are not going to take their vaccinations and if people are not going to uh, dwell on the sort of negativity of this pandemic, then what can they actually do from tomorrow onwards that will actually improve their life? I mean, is it a question of vitamins, supplements, or that sort of natural products this water sounds amazing by the way what would you recommend yeah well the first thing is this water um, because guess what it does what what, what are we seeing gone from people we're, we're we're seeing these people that are sick their red blood cells are exploding they don't have um their oxygen's not in their cells and um one 16.9 ounce bottle of this is like being in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber for 24 hours that's what's amazing about it. And um, that one's really important. Another thing, um, you know, we don't know what they're going to be throwing at us and winter's coming, right? So knowing that winter is coming, our vitamin D starts to tank. Um, we're, we're not getting that sunshine, that serotonin, to turn into melatonin, which is a potent antiviral too. Um so your vitamins, your basic vitamins like vitamin D and vitamin C, really important. And then melatonin is a great hormone. Um, and you just don't want to take too much of a high amount 
because it's also an immunosuppressant. That's why it's great for people with hyperreactive immune systems. They can't kind of, it's Mother Nature's uh, prednisone, Mother Nature's steroid. Um, so at larger doses, it can help people who have high-functioning immune systems that work too fast to help them regulate it and lower it. But for the average person, just a couple milligrams a day is um, great. Also, there's, um, you know, the hydroxychloroquine and zinc. If you can't get hydroxychloroquine to help push zinc into the cell wall and around the cell membrane to protect these foreign invaders from infiltrating the cell and getting you sick, you can um, you can um, get, like, a good tonic water, like two tonic water, um, or you can do um, the grapefruit peels or lemon peels, make the tincture tea, um, even, what is it, wormwood, I believe, Artemis, um, another one, quercetin, um, can help push zinc into the cell wall. And also there's something called cystus tea, also known as rock rose. One cup a day of that. Well, it's a potent antioxidant, and it's very reasonably priced. One cup of tea of that a day will keep a, a, a barrier around your cell membrane that these foreign invaders will have a harder time getting into the cell wall. They actually use cystus tea with um, nutritionists who um, work with HIV patients to keep them healthy and in a, on a good diet. A lot of these nutritionists have them drink a cup a day um, to protect their cells. And um, there's actual peer review on this, on how it protects the cells so well that these viral infiltrators can't get into the cell. That's very, very important. And the most important thing is to stop watching the TV um, and stop watching all this news and hearing every 10 seconds throughout the day the C word, if you notice, I really didn't say that word too much at all. Um, I usually call it the Franken-Virus because I don't like to even claim that word. Um, and, you know, just these bad thoughts all the time, living in this constant fear is so damaging to the cells. Um, just always try to rewire your brain when you wake up in the morning. You're not scared. You're healed. You're feeling well. You're loved. And... Try to wake up with that good programming because that good programming is um, essential for for your immune system as well. People don't understand that. Um, bad thoughts and bad words can be worse than a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of vodka. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Probably a lot less fun as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I wanted to to say one thing about this. This is really really positive, and um, I'm I'm thrilled actually to hear about uh, some of the solutions for this, because in my world, I know a lot of people, both children and adults, that have been affected by vaccines, and I'm one of them. So uh, these things are are really positive, and I'm I'm. And I, I want to go further and, and try to um, get that stuff up on the page for for um, our listeners to be able to, to tap into some of those resources. But, you know, I, I look at this and I think, yeah, and they want us to take more of this and they want us to, you know, they, they want to do more. 
And, um, you know, I know a lot of people that have been affected negatively. I, I have a nephew that definitely has been. He's very autistic. Uh, I have, you know, all kinds of people that I've known um, that have been affected negatively. But here I am. I don't know a single person who has gotten this mysterious virus we're told is so virulent that we have to be tested to find out if we even have it. That I find amazing. And when I when I talk to people about that, they, they kind of get this blank, you know, the ones that are in the fear-gasm that are, are really imbibing on the fear mm -hmm. porn here. They get the blank, you know, deers in the headlights stare. And the other people go, hmm, yeah, that's true. I don't know anybody. Um, and how do you is that, are you coming up with the same thing where a lot of people have been affected by vaccines, but not you know not the supposed thing we're getting vaccinated for? Um, actually, I've met some people affected by um, by whatever this is because they haven't isolated it. So I don't even like to call it what it is because they haven't isolated it. Whatever it is that's going on, yes, I've met several people. Actually, the um, Broadway, um, the Broadway dancer that passed away, I was in contact with um, uh, one of his um, very good friends um, through all of it, and um, um, I've had several other people. I've actually got um, one friend in her 70s up in New Jersey, and she was actually um, sent to the hospital uh, about five months ago because um, she had black tarry stools and couldn't swallow. And um, they had two people in her room. And uh, 10 days later, they released her home without looking into why she was having black tarry stools and not swallowing good. They just sent her back home. And three days later, she was in another ambulance. And that, by that time, she had it. And she was having very bad difficulties breathing. It was because they put her in a double occupancy hospital room, um, and one of the patients were infected. And she, um, her immunologist, um, told the hospital not to put her on ventilator, do everything with ventilator. And she was in ICU for a good month, then stepped down, then they put her into a rehab facility. They still didn't check her for her black Tory stool or why she was having trouble swallowing and she was having black Tory stools every day. So she finally made it home. Four months later, five days later, she was being sent in an ambulance again where they discovered an aneurysm in her stomach that she had leaking for almost four months because they refused to check it because of the whatever this is going on out here, this Franken virus. And um, she had to be flown to Pennsylvania to have multiple surgeries to save her life. Um, but that's kind of um, what happened. But we, I, I have had several people, and it's the people that do get sick from this and end up in ICU. It is nothing nice. It is real. Something is going on. But it's not happening to everybody. I think what... We know now maybe 1 in 19 million people get impacted that way. And the only reason I do know of cases is because of what I do for a living. Well, we're drawing to the end of our show, and I think it's been a really, really interesting show. We've kind of gone all over the place. But um, 
I, I, I hear you, I agree, and I also would point out that those, at least the cases you've told, talked about, were, have that, that factor of comorbidity that is, is, a, is a thing that even the CDC admits to. So I think the biggest thing we can walk away from to our, our listenership is say, you know, really work on your immune system, get your body cleared out of toxins and allow it to heal itself. The biggest thing that we can do for ourselves, and that is also part of that is thinking really positive, good thoughts. So we're unfortunately at the end of the show, and um, thank you so much for coming on and, and bringing this, this forward. And our uh, listeners, please go to the links, and the pages will get those links up for you. Good night. Good night.